and welcome to another episode of You've Got to Get Your Hands on This Game. Today I'm going to be talking to you about Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders is a marvelous title um, that is very good because of many different reasons. It is a card drafting game. It is one of the best games as far as scalability. It works with two players and it works with seven players. And there aren't many games that you can actually say that about. There will be a lot of games that will say that on the box, but they don't actually work that way. I enjoy it. It's a very interesting game. The premise behind it, the theme, and I don't really talk about theme much because that doesn't have any meaning to me because I'm really a mechanically based guy when it comes to games. Um, the theme is based on the seven wonders of the world, and that's why you can play it with seven players. Actually, you can play it with eight if you get the expansion pack, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so each player is a different civilization, and you're building one of the seven wonders of the world. And what you need to do to do that is you invest in the in different areas, and each player has a board that they can play on. And each board consists of an A side and a B side. The Egyptian player will have um, the the pyramids on it. The Babylonian player will have the hanging gardens on it, and so on and so forth. Um, one side is simpler. That's the A side. One side is a bit more complex. That's the B side. Um, they're supposedly balanced so that you can play with either uh, side together without anyone having too big of advantage. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they say in the rules, so we'll go with the rules. Um, the game is played as a drafting mechanic. There are a bunch of different types of cards. It's played over three ages. Age 1, age 2, age 3. And the way it works is, on your turn, you look at... Um, there are a bunch of cards set up. So, I think that there are seven cards. And you look at those seven cards... You pick out one that you want to keep or play. And then you pass the rest to the player to your left. And then then you play that card. You can either play it on your tableau, you can sell it for money, or you can um, put it on your wonder if you have the materials to do that. The different wonders will require different materials. If you play it, um, it can do different things depending on what type of card it is. So you, you look at seven, you look at the cards that were passed to you and decide one to keep and you pass the rest. So it's a drafting mechanic. So you have to do a quick evaluation which card is going to be worth the most to me and which card is not going to be worth the, anything to the person I'm passing it to. And this is the main mechanic. This is the main gameplay. Um, the first age, it goes um, clockwise. The second age, it goes counterclockwise. And in the third age, it goes clockwise again. So you're not always play passing to the same player. In this game, everyone's making that same decision at the same exact time. So that's why I say it's very good about scalability. Because... Everyone is doing something, making their decision, evaluating those seven cards 
but they're doing it simultaneously. So it doesn't matter if there are three people at the table or seven people at the table. It's only going to take as long as the slowest player, which was going to be true anyway. So it's huge with scalability. Um, it does get a little bit slower with more players, but it's trivial compared to most games where you... Ha- you have a turn, and then you have to sit by and wait until it comes back around to you. I think that it's fabulous and very well done in that. There are different types of cards. Um, some cards require you to play resources or to spend money, which is something that you have in front of you. You start off with three money. If you don't want to play a card, you can always sell a card for three monies. So that's one way that you can get income. Your neighboring, so the player on your left and right, they will have different cards as well. And sometimes they'll have resource cards. If you want to use the resource cards that they have in order to build something like a building, which is one of the cards, um, I guess I should talk about the different card types because I keep saying that. There are military card types. At the end of each age... Military is evaluated. These are red cards, um, and whoever has, and you compete with the per, with your neighbor to your left, and you compete with your neighbor to the right. And whoever has the highest gets a bonus. Whoever is lowest gets a penalty. So um, the first time, it's very small. The second time, it's a little bit bigger. The third time, it's a big thing. And it's kind of cumulative. So if you, so you got to decide: is it worth worrying about the first time? Is it worth worrying about later in the game? If you're going to invest in military, and that that's military, it gives you victory points that are going to be part of your victory. Um, there are green cards, which are science cards. There are three types of science, um, and those work with a set mechanics with the scoring. So you get a lot of points if you have a variety, and you get points if you have lots of the same thing. And the scoring there is... uh, You're going to have to look at the scoring there to make the most advantage of which ones give you the most points. Those are worth a... can be worth a lot of points in at the end of the game if you make the investment in them. If you don't make the investment in them, they're not worth very many points. One of the things that's kind of tricky there is one of the rules with this game, as opposed to the exact opposite rule, which is in St. Petersburg, um, with that one, when I talked about it, you always want to have the things that are named the same. With this game, you you cannot play anything that has the same name. So when I was talking about the trading and drafting mechanics, um, if you're passing cards to the player to your left, if you're really clever, you're watching the name of the cards that um, the player to your left have, and you're actually making sure that you're passing him cards that he literally cannot do anything with. But um, anyway, um, those are science cards. There are resource cards. There are two types of resource cards. There's um, there's the brown ones, which are the raw resources, and there are the... Um, gray ones that are the more expensive resources. And some of these require you to spend something in order to play. The refined resources require you to put a little bit into it in order to get them. 
and that'll be like wood and mud. If you have it on your, once you play it down, you can use it anytime you're playing a building or another card, because some cards will have requirements on them. Like, in order to play this card, you need to have two wood, or you need to have two glass, or whatever it may be. And some of the wonders require you to have these resources as well. Uh, you want to, so you want to have the resources down for yourself. But you can't always play every single resource down and still have the time to manage to um, get the buildings that you want and everything else that you want. That's the nature of the game. You have to make the best choices you can with the time that you have. So one thing that you can do, though, is you can buy goods off of your neighbors. So if your player to your right has glass, you don't need to worry as much about getting glass because you can pay them two monies in order to get a glass from them. Um, and they don't have a choice about this. You hand them two money and then you can play that card. And then there are some trading cards that allow you to do that at a better rate. So you'd only have to pay them one money in order to utilize the stuff that he has. So those are resources. Um, there are blue buildings. The, these are these are usually just worth victory points. Um, so they don't do you a lot of good. But if one of the advantages of having the buildings in the early ages is they're, they make it so that if you build it in the early age, some of the buildings in the second and third ages actually are free if you built the earlier building. So you can upgrade for free if you're coming um, if you're going up the line. And that's another point where skill comes in because some of the players will um, if you're paying attention to who you're passing the cards to, sometimes you'll notice, hey, he's going to upgrade up into um, He's already got this level, so that's a card I should bury. I can't do anything with this set of cards, so I'm going to take that card that would have been useful to my neighbor to my left, and I'm going to sell it for three money. And that's the kind of strategy that a good player will be making, is they'll be burying or selling, or burying cards on their wonder or selling them for money when they see something that is particularly something that they don't want their neighbors to have. In addition to building cards, there are trading cards, and those will give you, let you trade goods or give you fake goods or different abilities that will help you out. Um, they're yellow cards. They, they're, they just give you abilities that give you a little bit more flexibility. The last type of cards are only in the third age. These cards are guild cards, and they will count out different things. Like, you'll get points for all the military victories that you have, or you'll get points for all the science cards you have. And they're different ones, and they're huge scores, but they're only in the last age. So if you've been sticking to a particular strategy, the and you get the purple card that matches the strategy that you've been taking, this can be a huge game winner for you if you get the right guild. And that's another thing where if you're paying attention to what cards you're drafting and what cards your opponents are drafting, 
that's another thing that you can get. This poses some problems. This is going to be something that you as a group is, are going to have to decide how much of this stuff. Like I said, the game is played simultaneously. Sighted players are going to be looking over to their left and their right as they're playing because the players right next to them are obviously going to be the most important because they're the ones that they're trading with. You're going to have to decide as a group how much you are communicating. And that is going to, I mean, do you announce when you play a card so that the blind player can see or not? I, I don't know. That's going to be something that you need to decide as a group. And that is going to make the game a little bit rougher around the edges. And there isn't a good solution to that. Um, you Do you let the player... Are you allowed to feel the board to the player to your left and your right? Well, I think that you should be able to know that because that's free information for everyone else. But that's going to have to be something that you discuss prior to the game because... That is a concern, and I don't think it's a game stopper, but it is something that you need to consider when you're talking about an accessible game such as Seven Wonders, our um, accessibility kit with Seven Wonders. Um, let's see, Seven. What else is there? Um, the Wonders. Um, sometimes they'll require resources, so when you get a card. Because remember, there's a drafting mechanic that's moving around the table and you're deciding what, which ones of the six types of cards you want to place down. You, if you have the right resources, you can place them on the wonder and that'll give you an immediate bonus or uh, end of game bonus. And it'll save right on the wonder card what that particular bonus is. And that is going to be different from each player to each race. Um, different races are going to be, find military more useful or science more useful or buildings more useful just depending on how their wonder gels with different strategies. And that adds some depth to the game. And some more depth comes with just how the cards are dealt out, which things are buried, who, what you can pay attention to and what you can't. I think it's a fantastic game. I could get into to it um, a little bit more, but I think that I gave you kind of the gist of it. It's drafting. You, the cards are passed around until the end of the age, and once the cards run out, the last card is discarded. Then it starts the next age. Same process is repeated. Then it starts the third age. Same process as repeated cards are passed around until everyone runs out of cards. And then you do the end of game scoring where you count up the military points, the science points, the re or the um, building points, any trading or um, purple card points that you have, and anything else that could affect those victory points. Together, whoever has the most points wins the game. And that's Seven Wonders. It's, it's a great game. I really think you should get your hands on it. Thank you.